You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And Rusty, it's packed. We've got a packed show. We've got... Dominic Blaylock suffering a torn ACL for the second time. Same knee. We're going to get into that. Heartbreaking news. Uh, Darren Branch, a 2020 signee for Georgia, has left the football team. We're going to talk preseason camp. And then at the end of the show, Rusty, it sounds like the nation's number one prospect is feeling Georgia right now. Seems like the Bulldogs may have made a bit of a move there. But let's start off with Blaylock, the biggest news of the day. <laughs> Rust, just brutal. Just brutal, man. Brutal. Got a call last night around. I actually missed the call. Um, you know, I got to start keeping my phone on with kids in college. Got a call around 1.09 a.m. this morning. Missed the call. Had a cup of coffee. Called back this morning. Talked to that source. And uh, confirmed to me at that point that Dom had tore his ACL. Now, I'm not the medical guy, but um, as you dig more into this, Maybe I sh- I don't know if I need to be getting this far into it, but I'm going to kind of say that this is a torn uh, ACL, but it's not the cartilage. It was, from what I understand, the graft in his knee. So there's basically a 5% chance of that tearing, from what I understand. Here's what I do know. The last two weeks he has worked out. Ron Corson's worked him out. He has worked out with the team. He has done almost everything with the team. Last week, he worked out after the four practices they had. He worked out individually. Medical staff cleared every protocol, which every person that's ever played at Georgia and came back from this injury has went through this protocol with Ron Corson and the medical staff. He passed all of that. Uh, he's running around fine this weekend. Uh, he's fine on the first practice. Yesterday, he comes in. And it's a non-contact uh, just running a route from what I understand and, and made a turn. And when he turned, he heard a pop. And uh, th- I think that pop was the graft. And so you have to go in and reattach things. So that's where this comes in. Now, that that could be the, the only plus side of this. Again, I'm not the expert. It's kind of how this was explained to me. Uh, so we'll see. But, man, you hate it for, for Dominic Blaylock because, Jake, you know, but I have covered this young man. Uh, now, since he was basically an eighth grader, you know, his family, you know, his stepdad, John and Janelle, his mother, who raised him since he was probably one one or two years old. Uh, John has been the father figure in his life, calls him dad. Uh, and, you know, that that is a heartbreaking situation. But he's going to get through this and he's going to play football against the University of Georgia. Now, you know, is he going to be as effective as he was? Uh, you know, because he was really coming on. You take the LSU game last year before he got hurt. I mean, he was starting to be like their target. They were down people, and they targeted him a bunch. He made a big play in the Florida game, made a big play in the Tech game, made a big play in the Auburn game, caught that touchdown in the first half. So, listen, you do this as long as what all of us have. You root for that kind because Dominique Blaylock never once, and I mean never once, asked me what his ranking was. He never called me and asked me to change his weight. He never called and asked me to come to one of his games. 
I've told this story before, but I'll say it again. I was sitting here on a Sunday morning uh, right before his junior season, late July, and he called me and he said, Mr. Mansell, I'm going to commit to Georgia today. And I said, okay. And he said, I'm just letting you know. I said, okay. I said, would you like to do, you know, a story or anything? And he goes, um, let me let you talk to my mom. So uh, Janelle, his mother, got on, and they were actually driving back from the University of Georgia. They had a visit, overnight visit, and I went to their house. I shot a quick video. I shot a picture of him, and Dom, he went upstairs. He was done with it. He didn't say, hey, can you crop me out? Can you make me look like this? Let me look at those pictures. He just committed, said, hey, and he never took another visit ever again anywhere else, and that is extremely rare in these days. So that gives you a little background on that young man. Wish him the best. I do think, and I want to reiterate, this kid is going to play football again at the University of Georgia. When, when you think about these kids and, and you realize that not the majority of them treat it that way, it's not like you knock the kids that no. enjoy the attention or, or, or like to see good photos of themselves. Oh. It's just that on the rare case where you see a kid like Dominic Blaylock, it's, it's so different yes. that, that you just kind of appreciate it. You know, it's, it's almost like the same situation as um, sitting out a bowl game if you're a draft prospect. Like, I don't blame a kid for sitting out the bowl game as a draft prospect, but you know, there's a there's a little extra umph to the respect you give a kid that yep. that decides to compete for that one last time. And, and you know, it's like no, it's like minus zero points for everybody, but maybe a point or two uh, in, in the right direction for the guys who kind of maybe go above and beyond to kind of take the spotlight off themselves or to compete in, in, in a spot where where maybe they didn't have to compete. And those guys are pretty rare. I mean, you know, most guys when they have an injury like this, Rusty. You, when they've had two like this, you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it back. We'll see. You're not counting them out, but you're you're definitely a little bit hesitant to count them in. There are very few guys that you'd say, I don't think they're going to come back from this. And usually it's because of a really bad injury. And I think there are even, either, even fewer who are like Dominic Blaylock, who you look at, and there's Amir White they kind of have a situation like this and you're, you're confident that they're going to come back from it. And I feel that same way about Blaylock too, because you know, one of the first things you heard about Dominic Blaylock soon, just as soon as he enrolled at Georgia, first time I checked with any source on any freshman right after he arrived at Georgia, like, man, this kid, this kid's cut from a different cloth. He's just, he's different. He's serious in a, you know, when it comes to what he's got to do, it means a lot to him. And, uh, and he's just got a maturity about him that, that most kids don't. And, and I've said it before, but when I, I've gotten to where when I hear that about a kid, it means more to me than, than oh, man, he came in here and we tested him. He ran a 4-2-2, you know. I, I, okay, the kid's fast. We've seen some fast kids kind of fall by the wayside over the years. But the guys who take it super seriously and want it really bad like Dominic Blaylock wants it, you know those guys are maybe capable of some things like coming back from two torn ACLs in the same knee within, what is it, nine months? Those guys are a little bit more capable of handling the adversity, and, and he's facing some serious adversity now, and, and I'm with you. I definitely think he, he's going to be back. Here's, the, here's, the, here's the, what we have to evaluate nowadays, and the, and the coaching staff certainly have to evaluate it. And let me be the first to say, if I was a high-profile pro, high prospect at 16, 17 18-year-old young Rusty Mansell, I would be handing out copies of my 24-7 profile at lunch. 
I mean, I would be that guy. So let me be clear. Uh, but Dom is not. But I'll tell you this. We have to kind of find out who loves football more than recruiting. And because that translates into, is this kid going to face some adversity and transfer? Is this kid not going to sit out his first year and be like, wait a minute, y'all told me I was going to start this and that. So you look at a Dominic Blaylock, and I know that Kirby Smart, Cortez Hankton, and all those guys appreciate the fact they didn't have to put a ton of energy into keeping him. Once he said, I'm coming, it was done. And that's where I'm talking about somebody like Dominic Blaylock. Everybody roots for him, all the coaching staffs. I had text messages from fans, from different fan bases, DMs this morning going, man, I hate to hear that. I've heard nothing but great things about him. So that's what we mean. Um, his, who he was in high school, we had no worries about what he would do and how he would handle things. Now he's facing some adversity again, but I want to I want to be very clear. Uh, I did talk to his dad this morning. They're going to meet with the medical staff. They're also going to meet with, with Dr. Andrews as well. So they're bringing in the big guns to make sure that Dom is taken care of and uh, they'll get this surgery done pretty quick and you know, he'll be down for a while, but Dominic Blaylock will not sit around, and he will be a great teammate this fall. He will teach some of these younger kids things he knows, and he'll be back playing at the University of Georgia next year. And we're definitely pulling for him, just like we pulled for Samir White, just like I'm pulling for Marshawn Lloyd and pulled for Dylan Moses last year and, and JT Daniels when he was at USC. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that's had surgery on sure. both my knees, torn quad tendon on my right knee and torn ACL and meniscus on the, um, on the left. It sucks. Coming back from it sucks. The, the aftermath of the injury and being laid up after it sucks. And I root for every single one of these kids who have it happen because they're all chasing the dream no matter where they go to school and, uh, and uh, definitely pulling for him just like we are for Marshawn Lloyd. That was a bad piece of news for South Carolina earlier this week as well. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, let's move on to Darren Branch. And this is a story, and, and guys, to kind of let you inside the ropes a little bit on the media side of things, this is something that Rusty and I were kind of working on earlier this week, trying to figure out what was going on, found out he wasn't in the transfer portal, that he may be away from the team, didn't know exactly what was going on, and we're continuing to gather information. And then news came down yesterday that, Rusty, it sounds like he's left the team, that he's not going to be back, and there may be some questions as to whether or not he he kind of wants to continue playing football. Can What do you know here? That's pretty much the sum of it. Um, you know, as we talked about it more, I mean, you swapped some texts earlier in the week trying to confirm some things. I want to say that this happens a lot more than people ever know. And a lot of times the kid walks in, and I'll take, for example, because I know the young man and I know the story. Pepperell graduate in the middle 90s, one of our teams uh, got – Played Reggie Brown and those guys in the final in the semifinals in Georgia. We had a great running back by the name of Sidney Ford, who's a great uh, man now. Sidney Ford was committed to Georgia Tech. Sidney Ford goes in with a young man named Joe Burns, who wound up being a really damn good football player. And I heard the story from Sidney's dad. He said he walked in to tell George O'Leary that, hey, I'm going to transfer. Um, you know, I don't like how things are going. He said, let me tell you, like I told the other 12 freshmen that have been here the last two weeks. You're going to go to class, you're going to work hard, and you're going to be a really good player here at Georgia Tech. So, you know, these things happen a lot, and it happens to these young kids a lot where they, they're they homesick. This kid's from Louisiana. I'm not even sure he's ever been out of state before, something like that. 
Um, he got here, spent a couple of weeks. Now, we'll say this. I do know for a fact that Georgia liked what they saw early out of him. They wanted him to stay. Now that we know, I know more things about it, his family came up from Louisiana. They spent a weekend with him in Athens. They wanted him to make sure before he left, this is what he wanted to do. And uh, His uncle owns some type of business, uh, maybe a construction business or something like that. And I think the young man just said, look, I'm going to not play football. I'm going into the, this world and, you know, become a, a, an adult. And that is certainly his choice. But, you know, I did hear from one source late last night that said, hey, this kid still has some football burning. And I made note of that last night. He could show back up somewhere. Uh, and it won't surprise me down the line if he does. Now, will it be in Athens? I don't think so. But this young man did flash a little bit. Let me let me say that now. From what I heard, he was flashing a little bit in the summer seven-on-sevens. Uh, he's a bigger kid. They need safety. So, you know, they were kind of hoping for him. Here's the, 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 the quandary, I guess you could say, for Georgia. They're going to have to eat an initial. And, you know, a lot of people on the board just say, let's just get it back. It doesn't work that way. So, uh, you know, Georgia's probably not getting that initial back, and that's a big, big deal with him. So, uh, you know, there's two sides of this. You wish the young man the best. Maybe he ends up playing football somewhere else. Uh, but I do know that he is a talented football player. He was committed to Ole Miss. Georgia flipped him at the end. Almost the same thing they did Eric Stokes. They flipped Eric Stokes from Ole Miss on signing day. So that one worked out well. But, uh, you know, it was one of those deals where homesick, wasn't sure he wanted to play football. When you get here and find out that the recruiting is over, Jake, I'm sure that's pretty overwhelming. And then you're out of state and you don't really know anybody. Next thing you know, you're like, man, I sure would like to be home hanging with my uncle today. And some of those, some of those folks just working and getting paid. But, uh, you know, he's going to end up – my gut feeling – Somebody like that is going to take a little bit of time off, and he'll end up somewhere else. Yeah, that that was kind of my thoughts too. I thought that you know, look out for a a Louisiana Tech or or you know ULM or somebody like that, much closer to home where he can kind of still have that because it, it wasn't a proximity thing with Devondre Seymour years ago, but he sure. you know he wanted to kind of give up the game after enrolling at Georgia, was there for a short time. I think he popped up again at Southern Illinois and ended up playing at Southern Illinois. I think he ended up finishing his career there. And a lot of times that football fire is still burning uh, there. Rusty, uh, just real quick, because we're kind of up against when, we want to, when we're going to take our break here, but what does this do? Obviously, the initial counter spot's gone. They're not getting that back. This may or may not affect how many defensive backs Georgia's going to take in the 2021 class. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think they're going to take five DBs, whether Duran Branch had been at Georgia or not, because that we've talked about it on the board, we've talked about it in the last po- podcast. Me and you both have made notes about it that Georgia could be very dangerously thin. And I did see, correct me if I'm wrong, PFF had Tyson Campbell project as a first round draft pick next year, early coming out. So, um, and that's pro football focus. But, you know, if Eric Stokes leaves, probably Tyson Campbell has a good year possibly could leave. You look at DJ Daniels gone. You're looking at Richard LeCount gone, Mark Webb gone. I don't know that people have really started to think what this secondary could look like playing Clemson in an opening game. So I think, getting back to the original question, Georgia's going to try to take five defensive backs. I think they got to have three corners, some mix, some form. 
Uh, they've already got David Daniel. He'll come in as a safety. And I think they got to have another safety. So you look at someone like Terry and Arnold, and those guys who are big-time uh, targets for Georgia. Terry and Arnold was in Athens last weekend with Xavier Sori, young man out of Florida. So, uh, you know, you, you really look at this, and, and as it goes on, we'll start checking boxes on who. But I'm telling you right now, Georgia's got to have five DBs with – when they had Branch and when they didn't have Branch, it becomes even more of a priority. Because this is a young man that would have played safety for them and likely been in the mix to play next year, in my, in my opinion. All right, let's take a break real quick before we do rest of the month. And the month is running out of time here. 50% off annual VIP pass to Dogs 24-7 comes out to be $4.48 a month when you basically get six months for free. 50% off a full year, you get – recruiting scoop you get team scoop you get uh expert analysis from rusty kip and myself expert chats x's and o's breakdowns and the granddaddy of them all dog treats on monday mornings where rusty and kip and sometimes i jump in with a team note or two but those guys take the recruiting coverage to the max and give you the best and 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 most accurate recruiting scoop out there join up with us again 50 percent off give us a shot it's that way until the end of the month so we'd love to have you uh on the other side of the break rusty we're going to talk about uh preseason camp and kind of what we're hearing out of preseason camp and then we're going to get over get over to the nation's number one prospect in Corey foreman and and where georgia may stand there ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Rusty, if my math is correct, I think Georgia is five practices in to preseason camp. I believe they are off today, Thursday, uh, August the, uh, August the what is it, the 27th? Yeah. So they're off today, uh, seven practices in. Any, th- any common thread, anything that you've heard consistently since the start of preseason camp that, that you feel like our listeners need to know? Defense, defense, defense. Um, listen, they, that is a well-oiled, well-polished machine. Dan Lanning, Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, Trey Scott, they've got their guys. You know what I mean? You go to the – it's almost like going to the first NASCAR race, I guess, of the year, and you got a car that you've been around a year, year and a half. You know what you got. On the offensive side of the ball, 
you got a new coordinator. You've got a new Buster Faulkner, who is a former coordinator. You got him as he's helping, you know, with quarterbacks, those types of things. Uh, you got a new offensive line coach in Matt Luke, who was the head coach at Ole Miss, big O line background. You got a lot of pieces of the puzzle on that side. I will say this that I have heard the D, and this is very, very common among uh, preseason camps for years. And Jake, you know this being a former coach, defense is always ahead of the offense, it always is ahead of the offense. But I heard for the first time, for the first time in this quote-unquote fall camp, the offense had a hell of a day um, yesterday, which would have been on Wednesday. And other than the injury to Dominic Blaylock, which they were unaware at the time until later that night, the offense was really, really clicking. And I don't know if this is going to – stoke any fires or get people but i heard the running game looked the best it's looked and i heard the offensive line really took a challenge from matt luke and i heard they got after the defense yesterday and that's very good news for georgia uh the offense is starting to to shine a little bit i think people want to go oh my god we're going to run the ball no you have to start in phases and, and install a lot of things but first and foremost i don't care who's the offense coordinator you're going to have to be able to run the ball in the SEC or you're not going to win big games. If you cannot run the ball in the SEC, you're out. Uh, big games. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what Mississippi State does because I know they're going to be just slinging it, but they're going to have to have some type of run game. But I heard yesterday that the offensive line and the running backs, particularly uh, James Cook and Zamir White, had really, really good days. And, and that's great news because prior to yesterday – the the term flash was used a lot it was it was a different quarterback flashing at different times different periods within practice and and it was all five of them I mean listen I'll be honest with you the one guy I've heard that has kind of given the defense some trouble maybe a little bit more consistently than the others has been Stetson Bennett and I know Georgia fans for whatever reason don't want to hear that maybe it's because he's a former walk-on maybe because because they don't consider him a legit starting contender and and I would tend to lean that way as well although I know that listen everybody that has been around Stetson Bennett for the last two or three years loves the kid and believes in him uh, I, I just think that there you know there's some things lacking there that may you know keep him from being a starting quarterback in the SEC but, you know, the quarterback play had been inconsistent. Nobody had really grabbed the bull by the horns there. Uh, the run game had been inconsistent. You had seen flashes from freshman wide receivers like Trey Burton and uh, and uh, Justin Robinson. Um, you know, I actually heard, you know, this morning a little bit about Marcus Rosemey making some plays in practice and, and going up and getting some balls. So that's, that's encouraging there, too. Um, you know, I've heard some good things about Matt Landers and Tommy Bush. So, you know, it's, you're feeling – pretty good about where the receiving receivers are, are headed if they can continue getting better. And that's the big thing, folks. I mean, listen, we're what, like a, a fourth of the way through preseason practice. There's a long way to go. And any, any position group, any player that's trending in one direction now is in no shape, form or fashion guaranteed to continue trending that direction. Okay. Leonard Floyd in his first preseason camp at Georgia started early, went wire to wire, was playing in game one. 
There have been other guys like maybe Xavier Trust last year who got off to a fast start, and then as as preseason camp went along with Isaiah Wilson and and uh, and Andrew Thomas starting to get more of the reps, he kind of tapered off a little bit. That happens all the time. The good news is that you're hearing that the ability's there for them to stand out amongst a very very talented group of peers. Uh, but but you know th- you had heard flashes up until yesterday, and then now we got you reporting that the offense had a heck of a day, and that's really good. And I think the biggest takeaway there is the offensive line because from what I had understood earlier is that the defensive line was kind of beating them up a little bit. And Todd Munkin hinted at that whenever he talked to reporters on Tuesday that, yeah, uh, you know, Georgia's got some big, physical, talented offensive linemen, but when they're facing a defense like the one Georgia has to face every day in practice, there's a sword that cuts – cuts two ways there on one end yeah they're getting better because they're playing really good players on the other end it's hard to develop confidence because they're getting their butt whipped a lot yeah i mean it's i just i think what i say about that and and just you got to have some wins man you know that is and 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 listen kirby smart don't want to pick a side but when you start going through practice you're like hey offense needs to win a few days and it's good for the entire it's good for everybody but uh, you know, I would love for you guys to get 10, 15 minutes. Not going to happen. Obviously, a totally different world uh, nowadays. But I would love to really see this scrimmage on Saturday, Jake, I think is a big one. And it's the first one, but it's a big one to set the tone. Uh, I don't know what you've heard. I haven't heard a ton on quarterback separating. But I think as we do these first two scrimmages, and that's the way it usually is in August in a normal year, you get those first two scrimmages, especially that second scrimmage. But they've done so much up until this time. They've had so much time uh, to, to rep things for so long. I'm interested to see what we hear out of this first scrimmage on Saturday, you know, what pieces we can hear. Uh, but I, I really think it would be great if, for, you know, if you're Todd Monken and those guys to, to really carry this momentum into this scrimmage and see how the defense, see if they, uh, how they respond to really – Sounds like for the first time getting hit in the mouth and, and pretty much not being able to stop things. So we'll see how it goes and uh, what we hear. But but you got to have those wins. You can't go through an entire camp and have one side of the ball dominate you. It just it just sets in on you. And I know the offensive staff was, you know, from what I've heard yesterday, would would, would be very very pleased on on winning a day. That's that's big. That's big, especially going in like you said to that second scrimmage into a day off. Those guys get. It's not like they're going to get their butt kicked by the defense coming today because they're off. So they get a chance to – they get a 48-hour good feeling about this whole thing, and and that's big. And, and these scrimmages set up great when, when you're a quarterback because, you know, Todd Munkin revealed on Tuesday what he wants in a quarterback. Accuracy, got to be, be accurate if you're going to throw the football – um, mental toughness. You'll get. He'll get to evaluate some of that during a during a scrimmage. How guys handle the ups and downs, and athleticism. And he'll get to see some of that too with these live eleven on eleven reps. Quarterbacks won't be getting hit, but they'll be getting a chance to kind of play in more of a game situation. The the, the intensity will probably be ramped up a little bit. And I'm interested to see what we hear coming out of that, uh, for sure. All right, Rusty. Last thing we need to talk about: Corey Foreman. Strong side defensive end out of California Nation's number one overall prospect. Uh, I, I think I can safely classify him as a Rusty Mansell dude uh, of a prospect. I mean, he's he's the creme de la creme in this class for the most part, especially his position. Um, I don't want to step on what Greg Biggins has reported. Greg, two-time contributor to the Junkyard Dogcast. We love him. He's great. 
Uh, so we would definitely want to keep the integrity of his report, his VIP report. If you want to check it out, come see us. But sounds like Georgia did a lot of work on a weekend visit this week where Foreman made the trip on his own dime. The coaches are not allowed to have contact, and there were a number of other big-time prospects in town. Yeah, man, and I know uh, the first I'd ever heard of Corey Foreman was at the opening last June, so you go back, what, 14 months ago, and there was a rep where he picked Tate Ratledge up, basically, and just tossed him to the side. Now, Tate came back and had a couple of good reps against him, but I'd never heard of Corey Foreman until then. I remember talking to Tate when he got back, and I said, hey, was that Foreman? He goes, I mean, he just raved. Tate raved about two kids that he faced in these all-star settings, and it was Brian Breesey and Corey Foreman. And he said, you better be ready for the strength and speed of both of those guys. And you look at those players, very similar, uh, strong. They can bull rush you. They can spin move. They can bend. And every class, there's like two or three of these guys. And Corey Foreman is definitely a dude. He's an easy uh, going to star wherever he goes. A lot of, you know, in-state talk with him. But I've said this for a while, and I've said this for a couple of months, the people that follow on the board. If he does leave the state of California, I really like Georgia's chances. LSU is definitely involved. But I've said this for months. And here's a guy, I'm going to tell you something now. Nick Williams. You see Nick Williams quoted in that story. Keely Ringo said it before, told me the reason he's at Georgia is because of Nick Williams. And Nick Williams is locked in on Corey Foreman as one of his lead recruiters for the University of Georgia. And Corey Foreman, in that article, I you need to read that if you're not a subscriber. That is worth, uh, what do you say, $4 a month. That's worth paying $4 right now to read that article. And what he says about Nick Williams in there will make Georgia fans very, very excited. Nick Williams is, is in case you didn't know, a uh, former Georgia safety, um, uh, transferred out and uh, is now back as a graduate assistant, I think in his third year as a graduate assistant working with the defensive line. And those guys are able to recruit. They can't recruit off campus, uh, but they can recruit and, and they, are, they help stay in contact with them. And Nick Williams has probably been mentioned more than any other graduate assistant I can remember. You know, I remember some guys back in the day bringing up Mike McDonald, who's now the defensive backs coach for the, I mean, I'm sorry, the linebackers coach for the Ravens. Um, I remember, you know, bringing up other guys, Bakari Rambo was brought up whenever he was a graduate assistant at Georgia, things like that. Uh, but Nick Williams has definitely made a big impact on the recruiting trail, and that's huge. Rusty, one thing I think gives Georgia some a little bit of juice here is the fact that Malik Herring's gone after at the end of this year. Georgia needs that that defensive end, that true defensive end guy. You know, Trayvon Walker could be a three and done guy. They've got a lot to sell Corey Foreman. Yeah, and I think when you look at Corey Foreman, you just say, listen, you know, we'll play the best players. My experience somebody like this is he's not worried about who's there, who's not. I mean, th those guys come in and think that, you know, Trayvon Walker, there was a lot of people that uh, tried to, I would say, and listen, I'm sure Georgia does it too, I'm not, but there was a lot of people that tried to sell, hey, Georgia's got too much depth, you're not going to play. Well, he plays immediately as a true freshman. He plays in the Vanderbilt game last year, very first game. So, Corey Foreman, uh, I'm sure he's looking at things, but those type of players not really work. You look at Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith came in. Georgia was 
pretty daggone deep in that position. Came in, played a lot as a freshman, wasn't really worried about who was in front of him. So my experience with those type of players, uh, Corey Foreman, not really worried about who's there. He just wants to find a place that he feels the best at, feels at home. And uh, like I said, what's great about Corey Foreman is he fits in any type of defense. This guy can rush you standing up. This guy can rush you with his hand down. He is a rare, rare guy. Usually, like I said, there's one or two of those per class, and he's one of those guys for this class. And if you haven't already, if you're not already a member, he has some pretty glowing things to say about Georgia and kind of what Georgia um, showed him, what Athens, Georgia showed him, what the University of Georgia campus showed him with his trip uh, this past weekend where Amarius Mims and Brock Vandegrift and Lavoisier Carroll and Xavier Sori and and Terry and Arnold, so many big-time prospects on campus. And Rusty wrote earlier this week a little insider piece of his own that – you know, this is something that's, that could really pay off down the line. Uh, but for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell with Dogs 24-7. And you guys take it easy. Set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.